Well, good morning. It is good to see you this morning. We are thankful that you are here to be with us. It feels like a long time since we've seen some of you or we've been together. Last Sunday morning, it was officially 900 degrees in here uh, as we were all here together. A little more comfortable this morning, and of course, we had to cancel our services. We appreciate our elders uh, considering that as it was uh, quite hot, even though things were, I think, just about working again by the time it was for us to begin, but we're thankful for the opportunity that maybe, hopefully, you took advantage of to visit somewhere else or maybe in personal study, but we're thankful to see you again. We missed being here Wednesday night, of course. We took about 19 uh, to McCroy Bible Camp with us. We've had several who have been gone for multiple weeks uh, out to Fall Creek Falls and, and TCC and other places. Uh, if you'll be with us tonight, I'll encourage you that we're going to take a, a few-minute look, and I'd like to share a few things with you about the camp we were a part of this last week, and then uh, even as you see the notes there in your bulletin that we're going to talk uh, for just a few moments about some lessons that we can be reminded of uh, from Bible camp, even as maybe you recall attending camp, if you were able to as you were a young person. I think this is the first time that uh, you've got to meet Joel's post-camp voice. Uh, I do my best to hold on. In fact, at Lake Hill, several years I asked for the Sunday after camp off because uh, I just knew I would be squeaking and wouldn't make it through it. But uh, we're going to do our best this morning, and I hope that you'll find encouragement from our lesson. I want to say before we begin this morning that I appreciate the comments on last week's lesson. A lot of you have given me some encouraging words about uh, the lesson last Sunday morning about our language, and uh, even in our class this morning here, adult classroom number one, several made uh, encouraging, kind comments, and I, I appreciate that. All the lessons are intended in love, of course, and everything, whether we're talking about Jesus whether we're talking about the Old Testament, whether we're talking about something that, that uh, steps on our toes a little bit or whatever it may be. Uh, this morning, if you've had your bulletin and you've noticed the title of our lesson, I'd like for us to think for a few moments together about our Bible classes. Uh, I really want to share a few things with you from my thoughts, but I hope that you'll consider again in love the things we're going to talk about because I'd like to share with you for just a few moments why I attend our Bible classes. And I get it. I, I understand. I know uh, this is the preacher talking and and you may say, well, you get paid, in a sense, to be here. You might look at it that way. But I can tell you, uh, my family, at least I can speak for myself and my family, but if I didn't get paid as a minister to be here, we, we would be here. I, I firmly believe and enjoy our Bible classes. I want to share a little bit with you about that with you this morning. I'd like for you to meet somebody that you may have never met before. His name is Robert Rakes. Uh, he was uh, an 18th century Englishman. Um, and he is the one that is actually credited as being the founder of the Bible school. And it actually began not called a Bible school, but being the, he was the founder and again credited that way sort of in history as being known as the person who invented Sunday school. Now, as you think about the different terms that we use, they're, they're just meant to be interchangeable, but Sunday school, Bible school, Bible class, whatever it is, Robert Rakes is the one that has sort of gotten, again, the credit for inventing that. Now, learning has certainly always been around. We think, of course, about Jesus and the way that he would teach and he would talk to the people and they would learn. We think as far back to the book of Exodus that we talked about earlier this year that, it, that God would say, remember what I did for you. And they would share in these things. And so learning has always been around, in, in a sense, in a way. But when we look back to about July 1780, around the 18th century, the Industrial Revolution was taking place in England and around London. And so 
Many people were working. Things that were made once by hand in the home were now being made by machines and by inventions and things that could churn out more product just as good and and in a faster sense. And the Industrial Revolution was really taking off. Now what that meant for those in London at that time was that children were involved with the labor. Again, as we think about the way that laws have changed, not only in London and around the world, but even in these United States, uh, oftentimes in the mid-18th century, the children were the ones doing their work. In fact, around that time, they were working 16-hour days many times, the children, the teenagers. And finally, laws were passed, especially there in London, that cut their hours back to 12 hours a day. But these children were working 16, 12-hour days six days a week. Now the one day that they would get off is what we would call the first day of the week, Sunday. And Robert Rakes noticed and and considered the idea that he didn't want the young children to be sort of without any kind of, you know, any kind of supervision, just running around, not only just being free, but at the same time finding maybe even possibly trouble during that time as they had their day off. So he instituted what he called Sunday school. Now the idea of Sunday school in London there at that time wasn't necessarily about just studying the Bible. They used the Bible to do those things and in fact uh, if you think it's hard to get up sometimes on Sunday morning in Robert Rake's Sunday school the children would come in they would spend three hours in Sunday school at least or roundabout. they would get a short break and then they would come back for three more hours or so of studying the Bible. Again, not necessarily studying it in the same sense we do, but writing from it, memorizing certain things. Many of you can think back to a time in our country when that was the way that school was even handled, as we call it today, using the Bible for a source of information or a way to memorize or, again, learning to write out things. I don't want you to think or be confused that, that you know, the Church of Christ was the only people that started Sunday school or, or Bible class or Bible school. It's been going on for a long time. But whether it's 1780 or whether it's 2019 or anywhere in between, there's many good things about the Bible school, our Bible school. And this morning I'd like to share about four things with you of why I attend our Bible classes. Number one this morning, I attend our Bible classes because we have great teachers. We just do. And we've got great teachers who were great teachers at one time who cannot even teach anymore because maybe of age or just not being able to do it like they once could. But but there are great teachers here at the Saudi Church of Christ. Uh, I could begin to call names and I would no doubt leave many people off. Again, there are several of you who were great teachers uh, maybe several, several years ago that I wasn't able to sit at your feet and learn or my children weren't able to. And I, I look back and think, boy, I would have loved that. So it's hard to call every single name here, but I said it already this morning. Heath Holland is one the Sunday I tried out here at this congregation. Nervous as could be, walking in the door, you know, trying to meet people and do things. We walked into the classroom and, and Heath had a great class. And I learned then that Saudi's got great Bible class teachers. It makes me want to attend Bible class because I know that these teachers have worked hard. They have prepared, and again, I only get to listen to some men in particular at certain times, but I look and I talk to our children, our children in particular, and ask them, but I know that our teachers work hard. They prepare themselves. I think about the words words of James in James chapter 3 and verse number 1. James 3 and verse number 1. We talked about James 3 last week when it came to, came to our language. But James actually begins that chapter by saying, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. Wait a minute. 
He goes on to say, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Yes, there may be a stricter judgment there, so we be careful. And people should be careful in becoming teachers because there is a preparation there. There is a, a effort, a hard work there that takes some time outside of the hours that we are here in this building. But James is not saying let nobody be a teacher, but of course be prepared. And when I think about the building here, when I think about the people here and the way that we have class here, I want to come to our Bible classes because I know that we've got great teachers who work hard and prepare themselves. I think about all the different classes that we have, whether it's the ladies class or the adult class here, adult classroom one or the auditorium or all the way down to little Campbell. Everybody has a teacher and most of those teachers, all of those teachers work hard and prepare themselves. They've dedicated themselves as well. I think about the words of Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15. 2 Timothy 2, 15, Paul tells Timothy, study, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now that should go for all of us as Christians and as we think about following after God, we need to show ourselves approved unto God. We do that by studying. We need to be someone who rightly divides the word of truth. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful, even this morning, sitting in class, that we have teachers here who dedicate themselves to studying God's word. It's easy sometimes maybe to wait to the last minute and just kind of throw something together. But again, I don't sit through every class. I don't go to the children's class. I'm not in the ladies' class. But, but when I hear people talk, when I hear you talk after services, and I hear ladies say, well, I really enjoyed that class. Or we ask our children, they say, you know, I'm enjoying that class. I know that we have great teachers here. They've dedicated themselves. They've worked hard. They've committed the time and the effort to, take, to doing what it takes to have a good Bible class. It's just one of the many things that I love about this congregation. And again, even if I weren't supposed to be here necessarily, as a person who works as the preacher, I would want to be here because I know that we've got great teachers. They're willing to put the work in. Number two this morning, I attend our Bible classes because I love my brothers and sisters. I love my brothers and sisters in Christ, and it makes me want to be here with them. One of the reasons is I want to hear from them. You may recall in Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, we're familiar with this passage because of what it oftentimes say about, says about studying the words, but it says there in Acts 17, 11, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. And the reference is to those who were in Berea, that the Bereans were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. I, I would submit to you that I, I almost have no doubt in my mind the way the verse reads, they were studying together. This is not necessarily the preacher in his house and a member in their house, another member in their house. They are coming together to study. I attend our Bible classes because I love you. I love my brothers and sisters, and I want to hear from you. Already this morning, Brian has reminded me multiple times that I'm the one that gets to talk the most around here, okay? He tried to tell me I couldn't even make a comment in class, and I know that. And I don't always want to talk in class because I do want to hear from you. I do want to hear from other people. As we rightly divide the Word of God, as we search the Scriptures daily, we do it together. 
I don't claim to have it all figured out. I may be the person who's able to dedicate more time than others, as many of you have jobs that you have to go to day in and day out. doesn't mean I've got it all figured out. I can't count how many times I've heard it in Bible class from Heath or Brian or Charles or Jerry or whoever that I've heard something I thought, you know, I've not thought about that that way, or I've not thought of that example before. I want to hear from you. I'm sure that we, that those people were having dialogue and discussion. That's what we need as we study the Bible together, dialogue and discussion. You may remember the words of Paul in, to the Romans in Romans chapter 14 and verse number 7. In Romans 14 and 7, Paul says and reminds us that no one lives to himself and no one dies to himself. We're not in it alone. We are in it to share in it together. If you recall also from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2 and verse number 42, we focus so much on, on that first gospel sermon. We focus so much on Acts 2.38 and what a person must do to be saved, but it goes on and reminds us of what the people were doing. In verse 41, it says, then those who gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added unto them. And then verse number 42, and they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly in what? In the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Are we continuing steadfastly, maybe not necessarily in the apostles' doctrine in the sense that they did there, but in the word? Are we continuing steadfastly in that? It's not a daily thing necessarily as it was there that we sometimes read about in the book of Acts. But do we take time to have the dialogue and discussion, to talk with one another and to share in the word of God? I want to attend our Bible classes because I want to hear from others. I want to share in the study of God's word. But number two, under my brothers and sisters here, I want to encourage them. I want to encourage them with my presence. We talk a lot, and we already did this morning, about Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 in our Bible class there, in adult classroom number one. But the idea of considering one another, exhorting one another. Believe it or not, some versions say to stir up one another. Yeah, we're not here to stir up trouble, but we stir one another up to love and to good works. I want to encourage you with my presence. It's a natural outflow when we're here together. I don't have to be the one teaching. I don't have to be the one saying the most words, but just being here, we encourage one another with our presence. If the church is together, I want to be there. If it's game night, I want to be there, and I want you to be there. If it's our worship service, I want to be there, and I want you to be there. If it's our Bible classes, I want to be there, and I want you to be there. In the spiritual times, in the fun times, in the fellowship that we have, I attend our Bible classes because I want to encourage my brothers and sisters, and I love them. Number three this morning, I want to attend our Bible classes because I love our children. I love my children, but I love your children and grandchildren as well. And not only that, but I want to show them the right way. If you've got your Bibles, you might flip back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's a passage that we know well as we think about studying with our families and how much time we apply to the Word of God. But I think Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 4 through 9 would include, if it were a New Testament passage, Sunday morning and Wednesday night. You know it as... As it says there, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you go on down to verse number seven. You shall teach these laws and statutes diligently. 
to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, when you go to game night, when you come to worship service, and yes, when you attend Bible classes, you teach your children these things. All the time, the Word of God is supposed to be a part of our lives. That includes every Sunday morning at 1025, every Sunday evening, as well at 6 o'clock, and yes, on Sunday morning at 9.30 and on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And yes, as you lie down, as you rise up, as you go to work, as you go to school, and everywhere in between. I want to show our children the right way. We're reminded, of course, oftentimes of our children. We quote Proverbs 22 in verse number 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and in the end he shall not depart from it. I've preached a sermon on that verse as well. It's not a direct promise in that if you bring your child to Bible class or to worship, they're going to be perfect in Christians later. That's not exactly what it's saying, but there's a principle there that if we train our children, if we teach them not only in the home, but by bringing them to Bible class so that others can teach them, then they'll know the right way. I attend our Bible classes because I love our children and I want to help show them the right way. And by the way, that's not with me teaching the two and three year olds because that would be a disaster. All right. I'm glad that there are women and others who can do that, who do work well with children. When I want to show them the right way, it's not just that I have it all figured out and I can teach them, but that I'm thankful that as a family, as a body, that we assemble here together and we take time together to show them the right way. I want to encourage them as well with my presence. By the way, that's not just for the adults, for my brothers and sisters, but that's for our children as well. I want them to see me here for Bible class. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything to discourage them. I would not want to be one thought in their mind of discouragement because I was not here or because of something that happened and why I, why I was not able to encourage them. Again, I think about the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 1. It's very simple, very, very simple. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. And you say, but Paul said that. Wait a minute, that's Paul saying those words. But should we not all be striving for that? That I can look all of these children in the eye and say, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. I'm not Paul. I'm never going to be Paul. And I'm never going to be perfect. But if I'm trying to be consistent... If I'm trying to do all that I can to serve God, including being at game night and being at the fun things we do, including going to the afternoon second Sunday service there at the Saudi Daisy Healthcare Center, including our worship service, including attending gospel meetings and vacation Bible school, including attending our Bible classes. If I can do anything to encourage them with my presence and to say, imitate me as I also imitate Christ, I want to do that. I want to show them the right way. I want to encourage them with my presence. But I also want them to learn life's lessons, but learn them from God's word. We talk a lot of times about being street smart. You know, there's some things you learn from the school of hard knocks. And yeah, that's the way that life goes for us sometimes. But I want my kids to learn the life's lessons that we learn throughout our time from the word of God. Turn your Bibles again to Deuteronomy. This time, Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31 verses 10 through 13. Notice this passage. Beginning actually in verse 9. So Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. 
And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at the appointed time in the year of release, at the Feast of the Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within the gates, that they may learn, that they may hear, and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess. I want our children to hear the word of God. And I want them to learn life lessons from it. Now, before you read that pe passage and get your hopes up, we're not canceling Bible class, but every seven years, okay? Don't mistake what the preacher's saying there. But think about the idea here that the people would come together and read the law together. That it would talk about men and women and little ones. And notice again in verse number 12 what they were to do. They were to hear, they were to learn, they were to fear, and they were to obey the Lord God, Jehovah. Hear, learn, fear, and obey God. We're after that every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night when we assemble here to study the Bible together. We do so that we, that we might hear, learn, fear, and become obedient. I want our children to come to Bible class because I want to encourage them and I want them to learn about life, but learn what God's word has to say about life. And that brings us to our fourth point. I attend our Bible classes because I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I do, don't you? How do we show it? Now, there's a lot of different ways that we show it. We show it when we study it. We show it when we share it with others. But we show it when we're here together and we study. I love the Word of God and I want to learn more and take every second possible to soak it up. We think about Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. A person says, I'm not growing. I'm not getting any better. Why is that? We shake our fist at God and we say, why? Why is my life not getting any better? Why am I not learning and growing? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It's that simple. God doesn't make it that difficult to understand. We've got to apply ourselves. I want to take every moment I can to study the word of God. Again, I know I'm in a different position. I, I have the time. I'm supposed to be dedicating the time in order to present these lessons. But we all have moments to study the Word of God. We only have a couple of hours here each week that is set aside for us to study together as a group. I want to take advantage of that. Think about 2 Peter 1, 3, about that the Bible gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Or, of course, Colossians 3, 16. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. How do you do that? You spend time with the word. Yes, on your own, but as well with your brothers and sisters who you love and want to encourage. Think about 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. The passage that we know very well when it comes to thinking about scripture. That all scripture is given by inspiration of God. But remember verse 17. That the man of God may be thoroughly furnished or thoroughly equipped for every good work, complete, mature, perfect, not perfect in the sense that we got it all figured out, we never mess up, but complete, thoroughly equipped, ready to handle every situation, which brings us to our second point here under the idea that I love the word of God. 
I attend our Bible classes because I love the Word of God and I want to be prepared. I want to be prepared for daily living. If I spend even just the two hours that we're asked to be here a week studying the Word of God, I will be better prepared than nothing to face the things that are going to come on Monday and on Tuesday and on the, during the day on Wednesday, but as well Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6 for just a moment. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 10 through about verse 20, we read about the whole armor of God. Do you remember that the whole armor of God is there, that we would be prepared? Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse number 10, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be prepared, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In verse number 17, of course, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's what we need. And we are offered that opportunity at least, again, a couple hours each week here at the building to be together. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus in John chapter 12 and verse number 48 that Jesus says it is his words that will judge us. One day the trumpet's going to sound. One day the Lord is going to return. One day judgment day will come. We're going to be prepared. We need to be prepared. We're going to be judged by the words of Jesus. Will you be prepared? Will you be ready? I attend our Bible classes because I love the Word of God. I want to take every second I can to study it, and I want to be prepared. Not only for the day that the trumpet sounds and the Lord returns, but also as well, I want to be prepared for daily living, for going out and fighting those battles each and every day. We just left Bible camp, and, and we leave, as many of you have before, on a high, as we call it. We leave on the mountaintop. And the valley's waiting below, and we have to go down into it, back into the world. We need to be prepared. Why don't some people attend Bible class? There's any various numbers of reasons from time to time. Sometimes people have to work. Their schedule doesn't allow them to. Sometimes people have to sleep after they've been working all night or something to that effect. And, and we get that that happens. Sometimes people have to care for a sick loved one. Sometimes somebody's given all their attention to, to a loved one who can't get out. And they say, you know, I can really only leave for an hour. I can only leave for an hour and I'm going to go to worship. So I can, can sing and I can pray and I can partake the Lord's Supper. And we understand that. Sometimes it's, it's Murphy's Law. Sometimes the hot water heater erupts and water is everywhere. Sometimes the, the, all the tires go flat and sometimes things just happen. But then some people make it a habit sometimes of not attending Bible class. You know, this lesson, not done in anger, it's not done to be mean, but it's meant to encourage you. I want you here at Bible class. Others want you here at Bible class. And I firmly believe that God wants us to be here for Bible class this is a lesson to encourage you to, to get up and to get here on Sunday morning. This is a lesson to cause you to take time and to take a breather on Wednesday and to come to Bible class. By the way, did you know that there is nothing in the Bible? There's nothing, nowhere in the Bible does it say that we have to be here on Sunday morning and on Wednesday night. It's not there. It's true. But what is there is Paul's admonition. One place is 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 2. Paul's admonition there is to elders. One of their roles is to feed the flock. His admonition is for elders to feed the flock. That's part of their role. It's their job. Question. 
Would it be okay if the elders of the Saudi Church of Christ, the men who, who help lead this body of believers here, the Christians meeting here together, would it be, be okay if they said we're going to have Bible class on Monday night and Thursday night? It would be. As long as we come together on the first day of the week to assemble and to worship God and partake of the Lord's Supper, as the Bible tells us to do, then if we had Bible class on Monday night and Thursday night, that would be okay. But you know what? be just as fine if they said we're going to have Bible class on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. They said we're going to meet together for about an hour, we'll find teachers, we'll study God's word, and we'll be fed. There you have it. The elders meet their role by having times for us to study the Bible together. So I got a little bonus for you. You get a free one at the end. I attend our Bible classes because I love our elders, and I want to respect their decisions and follow their guidance when it comes to saying we're going to meet on Sunday morning at 9.30 and on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock to study the Word of God. If they decide to meet on tomorrow and they say next week we're going to go to Tuesday, Friday, so be it. I'll be here Tuesday and Friday because that's their decision. And yes, nowhere does it say that you're worse than a murderer if you don't show up on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. It doesn't say that. But it does say that we should respect their decisions. We should follow their guidance. We should love one another. We should encourage our children. We should love the word of God. And we should support one another in all the things that we do. God doesn't require 40 hours a week or 10 hours a week. He really doesn't even require the four hours a week that we open the door to be here together. But if you want to be a Christian, if you want to be a strong Christian, a Christian who is really trying to follow after the word of God, who really is trying to be the person that they need to be, being Christ-like, then I think you'll be here. You just will. It's not men in anger. It's not men in hate. And all of this is said with nothing but love, but we'll just be here together. I would challenge you with one final thing, if I could ask a favor of you. Just try it. Just try it. Many of you all already do. Many of you are already here every time the doors are open, but it doesn't, help, uh, doesn't hurt to remind ourselves sometimes of why we assemble together, to study the Word of God and to encourage one another. If you would, you can put your Bibles up. You can pull your songbook out if you, if you choose to use them when we sing. And as we conclude, this lesson we'll be singing in just a moment to encourage you to become a child of God, to become a part of this wonderful family. First and foremost, your commitment is to God, but secondly, you gain this wonderful group of people who do love you and want to see nothing but the best for you. And while life may not be the best, they want nothing more to encourage you and to be able to pray for you and with you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a child of God. We have here on the screen the, the gospel plan of salvation, God's simple plan of salvation. You may be at any point on that walk or on that journey. You may want to know more. We would study with you even this day that you can know how great a commitment and how wonderful it is to be a child of God, to have your sins washed away by the blood of Christ. Maybe you've done that. You've been added to the church by the Lord, but you've wandered away. Maybe it's Bible class attendance. Maybe it's worship attendance. Maybe it's something completely different. It doesn't really matter. We're about to sing this song that we could encourage you. If you need to come back to him, that you would repent of any sin in your life in a public fashion and that you would pray to God for forgiveness, that we would all pray with you and for you, that you can again be made whole walking in the light as he is in the light. We'll be ready to encourage you, even as we stand together and as we sing.